When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Christmas on a Budget, the podcast that ensures the only thing going into the red over the holidays is Rudolph's nose. I'm Karen Fleeting, also known as money-saving obsessive Miss Thrifty. The subject for this episode is children, treats for children at Christmas time. I'm joined today by Becky Goddard-Hill. Becky is an amazing author, writer and long-time blogger. And her sites, well, there's about eight of them. The, one of the biggest and best known is familybudgeting.co.uk. That's family-budgeting.co.uk. And Becky writes all about basically raising your family without breaking the bank. I mean, there should be plenty to say here and it should be 100% positive. There are so many more things for kids to do these days than there were, well, when, when I was growing up, which hopefully wasn't that long ago. However, is it getting out of control? And if you are on a budget at Christmas, if you are watching the pennies, as so many of us are, is the roster, the list of things you're expected to provide for your children these days over and above the presents and the, the, the banquet on the dinner table on Christmas Day. Is, is this just too much? Is it more stress? Is it more pressure that we don't need? How do we afford it? And how do we decide what to do and what not to do? Do we buy into to new traditions such as the, the Christmas Eve box, which seemed to, to come out of nowhere a few years ago? Ditto Elf on the Shelf? Or do we opt for a plan B or do we just not do it at all? Oh, it, it, it's confusing these days if you are a parent of young children making these choices. And I should also add that the inspiration for this episode was a piece that we published on the Manchester Evening News in the run up to Christmas this year that provoked a very strong response from our readers and our audience there. And it was a piece about Santa's Grotto. Now, every year, the Manchester Evening News publishes a rundown of all the Santa's Grottos across Greater Manchester. The best ones, the newest ones, the most exciting ones. It's always a, a, a popular piece in the paper, on the website, on the Facebook page and so on. But this year, there was a difference. The Santa's Grotto experiences that are available have become so gorgeous, so extravagant, that they've also become very expensive, to the point where uh, one very popular Santa's Grotto at Cockfields declared that they were launching a payment plan 
so that parents could better afford to pay for this experience. Now, the owners and organisers at Cockfields Farm were, were very clear. They said, you know, this isn't just a, a visit to Santa. This is a, an entire winter wonderland experience. And they said, we, we spend you know, a lot of the year preparing for this. It is fantastic. There's lots for the children to do when they get here. However, the price point is, well, it's, it's on the spendy side. £40 per child, £20 per adult and £10 for under ones. And there, there are other uh, Santa's Grotto experiences um, across, across Greater Manchester that are, are not too far off that. The response that we had to this was, was very strong with people um, being horrified. And it must be said, some people sort of pointing out that they felt this was value for money. It does beg the question, though, what should we be paying for? What can we be expected to stump up for? Is it worth it to put that smile on the children's faces? Or is this not what Christmas is all about? Are we, are we getting away from, from the original message? Becky, you're perfect for me to put this question to you. In the run-up to Christmas... What should we be spending on Santa's Grotto? Should we be bothering with Christmas Eve boxes? Elf on the shelf? Ugh, where do we start? Where do we end? And I'm aware that's not one question. That's a whole parcel of, of questions all wrapped up. Where to begin? Where to begin? Well, Karen, you're absolutely right. Every year there seems to be something else to add to the mix. When I was a child, Christmas Eve boxes didn't exist. and We didn't have things like Elf on the Shelf either, or even Winter Wonderland experiences to go to so there are some fabulous things out there now for our kids but they just add to the expense and with the cost of living crisis nobody needs extra expense so I think you need to be creative you need to make sure your kids have the most magical time because Christmas is very very special after all but it doesn't have to just be associated with money now I took my children one year to a winter wonderland experience to review it as part of blog life. You get to review these things and it was spectacular. But my children fell out as we were going around it and they stood in long queues. And it wasn't a particularly amazing experience despite the fact the place was beautiful because with children, things sometimes just go wrong, you know? I also took my son to one in a pub that cost 50 pence and he thought it was great because the Santa was really funny. So, you know, kids don't necessarily care about all the trappings. They just want to see Santa. And if they're in a good mood and Santa's on form, you're going to have a great experience. But it isn't really worth spending all that kind of money because children are unpredictable and things can go wrong anyway. So I would say do not feel you need to spend money like that. Kids just get so excited writing their letter to Santa, tracking Santa from the North Pole on the computer and popping to see one anywhere for any price. They don't care, you know, so we need to remember that. It's about the experience for them of just Santa coming and all the magic involved with that, putting out the, you know, the flakes for reindeers and things like that. It's the whole experience, not just an hour, which could go a bit pear-shaped. Well, this was brought home to me this year when instead of, of splashing out on a spendy but beautiful Santa experience, we took my children to see Santa at the school Christmas fair. Santa was in a, a decorated shipping container uh, on the playground. <laughs> they had a fantastic time. And it, it brought home to me, you know, I think it was, uh, what, £3 per child, something like that that so much less than I would have spent on, on a full-on Santa's Grotto experience. And to be honest, they still had a great time. Of course they did. And, and it's all about leaving out that mince pie for Santa, isn't it? And the carrot for Rudolph. And 
spreading spreading their their oats and you know on the grass for them to to come in by and writing the letter it's the whole santa experience that is magical and it doesn't have to be anything to do with money really a lot of christmas i think people forget that we get caught up in the consumerism and trying to buy the magical experience but going for a walk and looking at the christmas lights that's free going to a nativity play at school or your local church or hear the choir singing on the village green all of that costs nothing but it's all part of the magic christmas experience so i would say get planning find out what's free in your local area and just fill your child's christmas with wonderful experiences they don't have to cost. One year we had a got putting on our own pantomime rather than going to a pantomime. And I know that sounds completely crazy, but it was magic. And we had so much fun acting it out to the rest of the family and probably saved ourselves about £100 in the process, you know. And it's things like baking with your kids. They love that. They love your time and your energy and the pride they get in what they make rather than maybe going to see a Christmas movie at the cinema and spending loads of money. So there's lots and lots of creative ways you can still make it absolutely magic for your kids. See you guys, I told you Becky would be the best person to speak to about this. <laughs> Full of ideas, so many things to do. Becky, can I ask you, you mentioned just now about um, finding out the the free things to do where you live in your local area. Where can you go to, to find this out? Where are good sources of information? I would always start with your just typing in, I live in Nottingham, for example. What's on in Nottingham at Christmas? And you will find lots of local events going on the council website. Ask your friends. You know, go onto your Facebook page and say, hey, anyone know anything free and fun to do over Christmas? People know all sorts of things. And once you start asking and people start sharing, they tend to share with you good tips again and again, knowing you're interested and up for it. My best friend's mother sends me every great tip for budgeting that she ever comes across because she knows I'm interested and you start to build up that community. So yeah, get asking, look on your on your council website and just do a Google search really for your area. It's very easy. And listen to your local radio too. They often have lots of great ideas or the local news even, you know, and, and they are out there. Yeah. And I wanted to talk to you about Christmas Eve boxes, Karen, because that's something I feel very strongly about actually. I, I wonder if you feel as strongly about Christmas Eve boxes as I feel about Elf on the Shelf. Oh, really? Okay. Christmas Eve boxes. Now, Christmas, our kids come up with a list of things they want. We don't need another day where we've got to buy them presents, do we? We really, really don't. And they don't have to have new pyjamas because it's Christmas. They don't have to have chocolate on Christmas Eve that's going to keep them awake when we want them to sleep. They don't need brand new books when the next day they're going to get a load of presents. So we do our Christmas Eve box differently. My kids still have one because all their friends do and I don't want them to miss out. But we have some really special things in our Christmas Eve box that don't cost any money. We have a candle that we light every year and we remember family members who have passed. And we talk about them a little bit and we blow them a kiss as we light our candle. And it's really, really lovely. And we've done this for years and years and it's very emotional. And it's really, I think, gets to the essence of Christmas. Oh, that's so lovely. I've, I've, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of any anyone doing that. Yeah. We also have some knitted figures of the nativity and we act out the little story. Now, when the kids were little, they would get involved and do this too. And now it's just me acting out and they listen with, with a big smile on face thinking, oh, mum's off again. But I love it. We also have a copy of The Night Before Christmas that belonged to my mum. 
And I used to read it to the kids when they were small. And now we all read a little bit of it and pass the book around, which is lovely. And I do buy them something to put in their Christmas Eve box. I go to the charity shop and buy them a pre-loved book each with a Christmas theme. I pop that in the box and sometimes a small bar of chocolate. So at the most, our Christmas Eve box cost me £2. If I didn't want to spend that £2, I'd miss out the chocolate and grab a mince pie from the kitchen and pop that in instead. So our box comes out to excitement. You know, it comes out to joy and it is our family tradition. So it might not be brand new stuff, but it's still extremely special and very exciting every year. Oh, I love it. I think I think I've been inspired. <laughs> You've been inspired. Well, that's good. And, and, you know, I think it's really important that you rather than just do what everyone else is doing, if you build your own family traditions, because they're the things when you're older, you look back on and smile and that your kids might pass on to their family you don't have to get caught up in buying all the time I think it really matters I actually shared these tips about Christmas Eve boxes on a TikTok post the other day and got so many so many likes on it because people are really needing ways to cut costs but still provide that lovely Christmas for their kids oh tell us quickly where can we find you on TikTok um, on TikTok, I am Becky Goddard Hill. Becky Goddard Hill. All one word. Right. Elf on the Shelf. We never did Elf on the Shelf. And then someone bought us some elves a couple of years ago. My two just do crazy things like sit on top of the um, toilet, <laughs> you know, hang from a light shape. But, you know, I often forget my kids are a lot older. And they're 15, 18. And they're like, you started this way too late. Mom. I'm like, I know, but it makes me laugh. And we take it very lightheartedly. Tell me what you think about Elf on the Shelf, Karen. I loathe it. <laughs> I loathe that creepy looking elf with a passion. Now, I will I will say when, when Elf on the Shelf began taking off in the USA a good few years ago now, and I became aware of this probably through through Pinterest at the time, I did think it was something that my children might be interested in. They were very small. I dislike the elf. I think he, he does look very creepy. I don't understand why people think he's cute. But at the time, the, he, he wasn't available. None of the versions, varieties of creepy elf were available in the UK. So I had a, uh, a Christmas um, reindeer, and a cuddly reindeer, a little one. And I decided to make him basically an honorary elf and do, do the whole elf on the shelf thing and come up with crazy things for the wee reindeer to do every night once the children were in bed. And actually what I found was by about oh, day eight, nine, um, my eldest son was just unbothered, did not care what that reindeer was doing. I thought, well, fine, <laughs> at least I've found out now. But since then, obviously it's it's taken off, it's well, I want to say a, a, a phenomenon, but it's more of a, an annual tradition now and part of the run up to Christmas for a lot of people. But I do think the pressure and the stress that appears to be involved with getting your elf to do crazier and crazier things every year and the originality and all the different bits and bobs that people will go out and buy now. Oh, yes, you can buy so many elf accessories. Our local post office has got um, houses and post boxes and sleighs for the elf to to sit in. but you know also it's a huge effort for parents at a time where they're thinking about gifts about school fairs about food about seeing their family we don't need any more pressure because what happens is we might do that one nice thing we think for our kids but the pressure of it tends to make us irritable a bit bad tempered a bit short of time and actually what kids want more than anything is a parent who's pretty chilled out who's relaxed who's 
managing everything okay they don't want you completely stressed out and a bit irritable and having done the elf on the shelf so I think if you can lose a few things off your to-do list your child will probably be happier than if you did do those extra things for them because you'll be more approachable and you'll have more time for them took me a long while to learn that though you know I used to try and be all things to my kid and then realize that actually what I wasn't being perhaps was very patient you know so losing a few activities along the way or a few homemade mince pies rather than shop-bought ones made me realize I was actually a better parent a nicer parent to be around in the end so it's all all about prioritizing yes but in, ensuring that your presence as a parent is 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 number one that's what they say presence rather than presence don't they Their kids would rather have that and I think to some degree that is true you know if if rather than say like we talked about a pantomime earlier rather than taking to expensive events you say right let's have a, a games evening we'll play whatever you want spend the evening on the Wii or play Monopoly if that's what you want you choose that to a child is magical and that's their time with you you don't have to spend money it is your presence that they really want but also your enthusiasm you know to be with them that that's really what lights them up we haven't really touched on events have we such as uh, pantomimes and christmas productions what's what's your what's your take on on pantomimes is is is, it, is this an annual tradition that that is it worthwhile is it worth spending on i do love them and i do think they're fabulous but they can be extremely expensive they really can. I think it's maybe something a child could ask for as a gift from a grandparent, perhaps, or that you do as a very, very special treat, but don't necessarily make it every single year because it's very easy to spend £100 going to a pantomime, you know. But also it's worth looking at smaller theatres. So rather than the big theatres in your area, community theatre might put on a pantomime, still be great fun, everyone's dressed up, lots of tradition in there, but it'll cost considerably less than one of the big theatres with a star in. And again, I don't think, it's a bit like the Santa's Grotto. I don't think kids are so impressed by having a big star who used to be in maybe Coronation Street 20 years ago in it is really going to impress a child. They just like the whole experience. So do have a look at your amateur local productions of pantomimes too. Or as I said, have a go at putting on your own or have an evening of charades with, you know, your kids, friends, family round instead you know and just have a really just have some really fun events but don't feel you've got to spend a fortune on them because you absolutely don't noted i do wonder i do wonder where all this has come from it feels like in over the last decade all of a sudden we're expected to do so many more things for children in the run up to christmas and spend so much more money and obviously right now we're having a, a cost of living crisis people are looking at their finances perhaps scrutinizing their budgets a lot more carefully than they were this time of year or or 2 years ago so it seems like a good time to ask the question why why how <laughs> How did this happen? How did we get into this position where we're under so much pressure to do so many different things and spend so much money in the run up to Christmas, which is already a fairly stressful and expensive period? Absolutely. I don't think Instagram has helped, to be honest. I think other people sharing their beautiful Christmas Eve boxes, their matching family pajamas, the pile of presents under the tree, all exquisitely wrapped rather than shabbily like put together, makes us all feel that we need to do the same and that we need to provide our, our children with the same. And, you know, social media is very glossy, isn't it? And people don't put on things that have been rubbishly wrapped or just a scant few presents or like a badly made you know dinner or a poorly laid table they don't they show off their very very best side and we all think we've got to 
do the same or we're inadequate somehow. And it's very important to make sure you're not looking at those kind of feeds if you can't keep up with that. You know, yeah, follow people that are like you, that are real or get off social media and play Monopoly with your kid instead, really, because it just will make you feel inadequate. That's a good point. There was a piece in the Mirror this week about uh, Chris Jenner and the uh, the preparations that she's making for the Kardashian family Christmas this year, which is amazing pictures and amazing things, obviously, but it's so, so extravagant. A room filled with giant presents. It, there's not one elf. There's uh, like a dozen elves, one elf uh, for each grandchild uh, with, with the name on. And it did... It caused me to reflect. We 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 talk about the the super influencers and you know Kim Kardashian and her family, and the effect that they have, for example, on uh, women um, and 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 young Instagram users and coming under pressure to 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 look certain ways to buy certain products. But actually, it extends beyond that, doesn't it? it? Extends to Christmas as well. The idea that what we're presented with online and what's so difficult to get away from. This, as as you describe it, this glossy ideal of what Christmas could be, and all of a sudden it's so aspirational and for normal people utterly unachievable. Absolutely, I mean, I would say really, if people are watching their budget, they would be a better place to stop following celebrities, but to follow budget bloggers or budget influencers. Well, hang on a minute. I I feel you might be biased here. Slightly, but I mean, I completely agree, but I I am also biased. <laughs> But it's a great way to get some tips. It's a great way to be inspired that you can do things more cheaply, but do it really well. You know, and you want to look at social media and feel good or inspired or enthusiastic rather than jealous or disappointed in yourself, you know. So it, you choose. If you tailor what you look at, it can make you feel good and it can make you feel, yeah, I could have a go at that. That looks really fun making those gingerbread you know and and giving that giving that as a gift rather than having to go and spend loads of money you know so so really really tailor what you look at to help you feel good about yourself rather than inadequate I think is important that's a good good message and philosophy not just for Christmas but in general I think for um, money saving uh, bloggers and and influencers Obviously, um, family budgeting and and Miss Thrifty are la creme de la creme. Um, but perhaps we could finish with with some more recommendations from you. Who 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 else should we be following? Well, Skin Dad is a wonderful blog. Tons and tons of money saving ideas, and this Thrifty Mum also an excellent blog. And she's got a young family and shares lots and lots of good ideas. There's some great people out there. Depends what you're interested in. You know, I think always that a lovely gift to give at Christmas is homemade, you know, homemade items, particularly food. And making someone a box of biscuits. It's such an act of love and it's so inexpensive. So, you know, if you find people that do that, you know, that kind of basic baking and have a go with your kids, it keeps them really entertained and they're so proud of what they create. That's a lovely gift for grandparents and save you a fortune. So, yeah, look for those food bloggers as well, maybe, or craft bloggers. Maybe, you know, you could design some crafts together or upcycle a plant pot and put, put some bulbs in as a gift. All very, very cheap. So Red Ted Art is my favourite craft blogger. She has tons and tons of ideas for, for gifts you could give for Christmas, for example, and just make it really creative. And that's a lovely way to entertain your children as well as creating gift ideas. So, yeah. It's a I also love Red Ted Art. She is amazing. 
She is amazing. She also, for example, I was thinking about, about gifts earlier, and I know you've covered gifts already with this podcast series, but one thing I was thinking is when you buy gifts, try and think of them with like an endless play idea in mind if you're buying for your children so not something they're going to use once or twice and then maybe get bored of but something like a book so red ted art for example has a book on things you can make from paper so you buy a, a ream of paper and a book on paper projects they could be kept busy for the entire year making things for the price of one small book you know so try and think about endless play ideas so you're getting great value when you do spend your money rather than a one-hit wonder that they're going to get bored of. Well, I must admit, um, if, if we have endless play ideas in mind, that does make me feel vindicated in the Nintendo Switch that I bought for my children Absolute, during the, the first lockdown Christmas, because it def- definitely fulfills that brief. Exactly. And and so although some things like that are expensive, you think well, we, we're the same with the Wii. We've played with it so many, many times that if you work out what it actually costs per play you know, you, you've made a good purchase, you know, particularly if you buy refurbished or pre-loved with these things, they can be very worth it. So think about how long they're going to play with it, how long it's going to last, what's the resale value if they get bored of it, that kind of thing. And you can make really good choices. It's just thinking of, thinking about it long term. Brilliant. Becky, thank you so much. It's been so much fun talking to you today for this episode. And I hope people um, find it as valuable as I have. Thank you. We'll be back soon with another episode, hearing from some of the country's brightest minds and experts on how to celebrate Christmas without breaking the bank. Christmas on a Budget is a laudable production for the Manchester Evening News. It is presented by me, Karen Fleeting, and produced by Dan McLaughlin. Merry Christmas. Christmas.